Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Should investors pay close interest to software as a service companies? My guest today believes quite passionately that they should. It's certainly in his interest area. What is SAAS? You might say, well, take a look at your credit card bill. How many monthly subscriptions are you paying for? SAAS companies or software as a service companies sell access to their software to customers and they charge an ongoing subscription for it. Now, you may edit your sound files on Adobay as I do or Adobe if you pronounce it in the UK and you pay a subscription every month. I do. Or you may listen to your music via subscription on Spotify or perhaps your company finance, HR, uh, uses planning suite Workday. SAAS companies use a business model that harnesses the notion of on-demand software, a business model driven by access versus ownership, a subscription revenue, and the possibility of expanding margins and incremental revenues as customers come back and possibly adopt more solutions that the companies can provide, all driving the bottom line. So there's Shopify, there's Fastly, there's so many SAAS companies out there building for a post-COVID world. But how does an investor assess which SAAS company to include in their portfolio? Should they go with a Fastly? Should they go with a Spotify? How have SAAS companies performed in the broader market since COVID? And are there risks involved in investing in the SAAS market that, by the way, is expected to grow really quickly from about $134 billion Two years ago, 2018, it's expected to reach $220 billion globally through 2022. I've invested growth investor, and he's also the author of Expand Your Circle of Competence, Jonathan Ang, to help us understand an investor's perspective of SAAS companies. How are you, Jonathan? Doing great. Always happy to come back to Money FM and have a chat with you, uh, Michelle. Uh, really an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, it's always great speaking with you as well, Jonathan. And for you listening, if you have any questions, you can send them to me in real time. I'm on Instagram, so link up with me at Michelle Martin Radio. Welcome to the show. Let's start with what SAAS is. I've given a brief introduction, but why are you as an investor increasingly interested in this area? I think personally, if you look at SaaS companies, right, because the way that they design their business model, it is based on a subscription model, right? So I think if you look at uh, millennials nowadays, right, they tend to go to businesses that really gives amazing customer service, amazing customer support, Mm. right? And you start to see not just millennials are buying into this idea of customers first, right? Customers are is king, right? You see the corporate world actually moving into that, right? Because why? If you're doing or uh, subscribe to a subscription service, if, you know, somehow the customer, a very high pressure for this subscription uh, companies to actually satisfy their customers. And we have seen amazing retention rates, retention rates of 98%, something that is unheard of. Right, and you think about it, right? Because of the nature that it is, um, uh, it is a subscription uh, business, right? You kind of have some certainty in revenues, right? Because if I know that the retention rate of such companies are about ninety-eight percent, right? If I end this year with, for example, one billion dollars in revenue, I know I'm going to start the next year around the neighborhood of one billion dollars, 
without me having to come up with new products, right? So that's the key here. And, you know, you see Microsoft uh, doing that in the past where they had to come up with Microsoft PowerPoint version 1, version 2, version 3, and they wasted a lot of time and energy, right? And it kind of uh, deviated and uh, pulled them away from focusing on a custom solve the problems that I have, right? But if I run on a subscription model, I am now, instead of, focusing on coming up with new products, right? I am now focused on making you happy, making you stay. And by making you happy, I have that certainty in revenues, right? So this is why a lot of investors, you know, we're starting to look at this software as a service companies. And this is why we're starting to prefer subscription uh, companies, right? Because when the downturn comes, these are the companies that will bounce back up the fastest, right? Because of that certainty in revenues, yeah. All right. So speaking of uh, bounce back, do you see companies, how have they been performing through COVID, do you think? And are there loss-making SAAS companies that are still popular when you put on your value lens? Right. I mean, if you take a look at uh, Zoom, right? Zoom recently, in fact, I think just uh, this morning I updated, uh, I, I did some information because I wanted to give the centers the most updated information. Zoom increase their revenues by four times yes four times in a year 4x and look at the stock price it's been skyrocketing and this is not possible if you are not a SaaS company so let me just explain a bit more right mm. think about it if you are for example um, a traditional uh, company like Foot Locker right Foot Locker is basically a company that sells apparels sells shoes Right. If you want to expand, you have to open more stores. You are very asset heavy. Right. For you to expand, you need a lot of capital. You need a, a lot of money. But think about it. For companies like Zoom, right, this software as a service companies, because they are selling softwares, right, it's so easy for them to bring customers on board because I don't need a storefront. I just need a website. And for every customer that comes in, I do not incur additional costs. Right. It's not going to be like a traditional business. Right. In fact, maybe when they hit a tipping point, any additional customer that's coming in is kind of almost a little cost or low cost, right? Zero mm, cost. Mm. Right. So um, addressing the loss making part, I know this is the number one thing that puts a lot of investors off, right? Oh my God, how come these SaaS companies are going up 100%, 200%, 300%, but they're loss making? It doesn't make sense. This is uh, the dot com bubble. So I just want to uh, uh, point everyone back to Amazon, right, when they first started, right? So Amazon, when they first started, they could be profitable anytime, right? Why are they loss-making? Because they intentionally double down on their sales and marketing, right? Because if I acquire a customer today and this customer is going to be worth, for example, if the cost to acquire a customer is $100, right? And I know that the lifetime value of this customer staying with me can potentially be $2,000, $3,000, right? So then it makes sense for me to, you know, spend even beyond uh, what I earn, right? To acquire as many customers as I can as possible, right? So short-term profits to these uh, CEOs of these SaaS companies, uh, you know, they, they don't really care about short-term profits, but what they care about is to actually build a very strong foundation for their companies in the long run. Because nowadays it's all about uh, the speed you go to market, right? Once you acquire market share, once you hit a tipping point, this is where they can actually slow down on their sales and marketing costs. And that's where you can see them becoming profitable. So if they want to be profitable any single time, they just need to cut down on their sales and marketing and that's it. They can be profitable anytime, right? So this is 
what some of these SaaS companies are. And actually, you know, it's not that scary as, you know, most investors think, right? And I also want to address, you know, people say, is this the dot-com bubble, right? Uh, you know, because dot-com bubble, we see a lot of tech companies going up 10 times, 20 times, right, with uh, crazy valuations, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at the SaaS companies uh, today, right, there's just one very stark difference, right? Back then in the 2000s, the internet infrastructure was not as strong as today, right? You do not have corporations going on into the cloud, right? When I say cloud, uh, for people who don't know anything about cloud, think of cloud as a Google Drive, right? Where you put in all your information uh, uh, in, in the internet, right? And you put it in a secure place and anyone who wants to access this information does not have to access it from just one computer, right? You can access this information from multiple computers. So think of it as a cloud, as kind of like a giant database floating around in the cloud, right? So why is it in the cloud? Because, you know, anyone can access it anywhere, right? This information is kind of floating around. So, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you see many of these companies actually embracing the cloud with COVID accelerating uh, the use of the internet, right? You see these SaaS companies actually uh, you know, this SaaS company's valuations are actually backed by real earnings, right? We don't see that in the dot-com bubble. And given that the infrastructure is there, you know, today our internet, we, we have very fast internet as compared to, to, the, to the times in, 2000, in, in the 2000 uh, era, right? And also you have real money that's coming in and you really have, uh, you know, these tech companies, they do have enterprises. When I talk about enterprises, we're talking about major customers like Microsoft, Amazon, even using these services of these uh, SaaS companies, right? So this, I, in my opinion, is not a bubble, right? So SaaS companies can get uh, expensive, but I definitely feel that this is not a bubble, right? Maybe they could have some correction in the short term, or let's say, I mean, I may sound stupid for saying this, but let's say if a recession comes in the next year, right? I may sound stupid, but trust me, this some of these companies, if you look at their balance sheet, look at their funding, look at the amount of cash they have. These are companies that can stay and I do not think that they'll go bust just like what happened in the 2000.com bubble. All right, so you have faith in uh, the SaaS companies moving forward as we look to a uh, post-COVID world, so to speak. What are some of the, um, can you, I wonder if you can share some examples of SaaS companies, um, how they've done this year, perhaps companies that you've been looking at. Right, so I've been looking at this company called um, Datadog. So I'm not sure of you, Michelle, have you heard uh, in the early days where Twitter was always down, you know, they always, the server was always down, everyone was complaining, and, you know, a lot of people were having doubts about using Twitter. As Twitter? When Twitter was off. down, people would yeah. use Datadog? Yeah, so oh. uh, because Twitter was down, mm -hmm. so Twitter actually explored using Datadog, right? Uh, services like uh, Datadog. And that actually prevented uh, their servers to actually go down. So what Datadog does is before your servers go down or before anything goes wrong, you actually alert your IT team uh, in real time, right? So previously what happened was that, you know, because there was, it's so complicated, right? Think mm. about it. You have your servers, you have your networks. I mean, a company like Twitter, they have the data centers around the world, not just in one country. So if you want to really prevent uh, uh, your servers going down, you really need to have this real-time data and you need something that can really, what we call, uh, give you observability, right, in whatever that you're doing and give you alerts and warning signs, right, before anything, or before the, um, the servers are actually going down. So this is what uh, has helped many of these uh, services like um, uh, uh, Instagram or like Facebook or Twitter or many, many other websites or companies 
to actually uh, you know have a pretty stable um, uh, I would say services right in terms of applications right because of this uh, function. So this function is called your app performance uh, monitor monitoring uh, software. So this this in kind of like how people call it right. It's called the APM uh, industry right. And Datadog is actually killing it. And Datadog is growing about uh, 60, 60 to eighty percent every single year. Right. And, you know, to put it into context, I mean, sometimes I understand, you know, listeners can be a bit uh, skeptical, right? Because, and this is very understandable because we don't see any Singapore companies growing at such high rates, right? Mm. And it's totally understandable because think about it, right? The Singapore market is so small as compared to the US, right? US is a thousand times, two thousand times bigger than us, right? So, you know, if you are, like I always say, if you are the best in Singapore, you might not be the best company in the world, right? But you're best in the US, yeah, the best in the world. And these companies have amazing skill. Right? If you just look at Datadog, right? If you just look at from uh, from the period of January till now, the stock price has gone up by 127%. And we haven't even ended the year yet. Right. So uh, think about it, you know what 127% can do for you. I, I just think that the opportunities are amazing right now. And if you can understand these SaaS companies, it can really shorten your journey to financial freedom. Are you an investor in Datadog? Yes, so uh, disclaimer, I'm invested in Datadog. And yeah, I really think that this is uh, definitely a company with a good hold of in the next five to 10 years. Okay. And the management is really smart. Yeah. So I see you don't have a gaming chair, but something tells me you're a gamer. Are you a gamer? <laughs> yes, I'm a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Any gaming uh, companies that are also SAAS companies or does CrowdStrike just sound like a game, but it's not a game? Right, so CrowdStrike <laughs> is actually a cybersecurity company, okay. right? And it is uh, basically uh, the management is very capable, right? And in fact, I was telling Michelle that uh, you know we will be covering more in depth about CrowdStrike if listeners want to know more about CrowdStrike. And um, basically, they do antivirus and they basically do antivirus for uh, for the cloud, right? Mm. So not a lot of things are stored in the cloud, and um, they are one of the first few that are actually uh, dominating this space and if you look at CrowdStrike their retention rates are insane Michelle 98 percent 98 percent that means only two percent of customers churn every wow. single year right and growth in customers is about uh, 90 to 100 percent mm. right I can't remember too many numbers in my head right so it's kind of uh, in that neighborhood right so don't fault <laughs> me if I quote any numbers wrongly basically their revenues are growing at about 80 percent as well yeah wow. so very very interesting companies and this company, CrowdStrike, it has grown by, let's say, from the start of this year, right, January, all the way to now, it's grown by 154%, right? So amazing growth rates in terms of the business fundamentals, right, and amazing growth rates in the stock price as well. Okay, so last done for CrowdStrike, 125 US dollars up 5.98%. John, I, you know, in my introduction, I mentioned Fastly. Are they on your radar as well? Yes, so Fastly is uh, basically a company that, uh, okay, so I think it's a bit complicated for me to explain Fastly. Uh, it would take me about uh, 20 minutes. Okay, but let me just really uh, break <laughs> down best. really quickly, right? <laughs> So, Michelle, imagine New York Times, right? Okay. They want uh, to post an article for us Singaporeans to read on their website, right? So, traditionally, what happens is if I go on to their website, right? So, can you imagine, right, the internet cable right now, uh, you know, let's say you have a cable connected to your computer, you'll go all the way down to the oceans of the floor and you'll travel to New York, right? Go to um, 
New York Times uh, data server in the US, right? And you'll draw back the article and push back to me. So because the distance from uh, Singapore to US is very, very far, correct? So it takes a while for the website to load, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm going, the data is going through the C cables all the way to the US and it's coming back, right? So what Fastly does is that uh, rather than me going to the uh, servers of New York to, to draw that article for me to read, right? Uh, basically, New York Times actually push all this data in advance to a data into a data server in Singapore, mm-hmm. right? So rather than me going through the C cables just to read the article, right? I basically connect. Uh, I basically connect to a local uh, data server that's in Singapore, mm-hmm. and you know, rather than wait five seconds for loading times, I actually wait zero point. I actually wait under one second. Okay. to actually read the article for it to look. Yeah. So it's so a cloud platform. I got that. Cloud platform. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's so much more, right? We can even do another three-part series on Farsi and what I think is an amazing company. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? I think partly if you look at uh, their growth rates, right? Their growth rates are about 60% in revenues and it's going to go higher. And this is just the start of what we call compute at edge, right? So this is where it's going to get a little bit... <laughs> nerdy. I love it when we go to nerdy zone. Uh, okay, it gets a yeah, bit tricky now. Yeah, but basically they're in a trend. They're in this industry. Edge security. quickly. All right. And mm. this is one thing like, yeah, they are disrupting mm. the, the, the incumbents, right? You have, uh, you have companies like Akai Mai doing the same thing, right? So this is what we call CDN content delivery network right? where I explain you know, rather than go all the way to the US to get my data okay. right, I get my data from Singapore right? so this is what people say uh, this is what is known as CDNs right? content delivery network so basically the content is pushed to the nearest uh, data server that's nearest to you so you, you load your websites faster mm-hmm. right so uh, they're going to disrupt the incumbents and you know it's, it's a huge 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 market and they are basically winning the hearts of the developers right because developers want more flexibility and more programmability and uh, this is what fastly gives the developers so think about it right mm-hmm. you know uh, you know razor is always known for this tagline right uh, for gamers designed by gamers right because they know what gamers like what yes mouse, right yes. so fastly is kind of like a razor razor of uh, you know developers right they know the pains of developers Right, but the incumbents have never haven't have never been uh, uh, solving the problems that developers have when they want to develop websites and everything. Right, because things are so inflexible. But fastly, because it's born in the cloud. Right, the way it is designed makes it so flexible for developers that developers are telling their CTOs, CIOs, if you don't use this, we can't get things done. Mm. Right, and guess what? You know, the CTOs and CIOs they definitely say yes. Right. I mean, imagine if you say no to your developers, then what's going to happen? People are going to leave, things are not done, right? So this is why Fastly uh, is so dominant in this industry right now. So I can see how Fastly would benefit from this work-from-home trend, right? Everybody wants the content faster. Uh, But is it true that Fastly is not profitable yet? Yes, Fastly is not profitable. So Fastly is kind of like a more of like a a thing where, you know, you want to... uh, It's kind of like a position that you don't want to put a lot Right, mm. but you just want to uh, put a foot through the door and kind of observe whether if you know if this thing is going to grow, right? So okay. basically, investing is all about monitoring these companies every single quarter, right? So personally, I'm invested in CrowdStrike and Fastly. Just a disclaimer: I can be biased, all right? So <laughs> <laughs> before you buy anything, please you know 
uh, even do think about mm. what I say if it makes sense, right? So it's very important to an investor. What are some of the risks that you think exist for investors when they look at this area, SAAS or SaaS, as you put it, companies? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the risk here is that they can't, uh, they do not grow fast enough, or do, or they or the founders can't execute fast enough, mm. right? So. I think that, uh, you know, these uh, companies, why their stock prices are running up so high is because there's actually an implied growth rate that's already priced in, right? So let's say if they do not execute well enough, for example, let's say they're expected to grow at 80%, right? Even though they grow at 70%, which is really, really, really decent, right? If you Amazing. Can grow at yeah. Yeah. But the stock price will just react to it, right? Because people expect 80% growth, but let's say if you just grow at 70%, you know, the stock price will come down, right? So this is... Where I think it's the best time, right? Because if you think about it, you know, Michelle, uh, mm-hmm. I'm all about long-term investing, right? If this company can grow at 70%, 60%, 50% for the next 5 to 10 years, right? If you just do the math on an Excel sheet, this company will 5x, 10x in the future. So, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if, uh, you know, if I'm buying it $10 down or $20 down, where, you know, the company is, is going to go up by 5x, 10x in the next uh, 10 years, mm. right? So, now, very long-term minded. So I feel that the best opportunities to buy into these SaaS companies are when uh, the scenario which I described just now where the market expects it to grow at 80%, but you only grow at 60%, which you know I think is very silly sometimes. That's so interesting. that's the best interesting perspective. <laughs> and you, you touched about on, on this earlier. Do you think this market is a good time to look at SaaS companies? I mean, where we are right now? Right. So, so much I, fluctuation. <laughs> I think fluctuation is really good for an investor, right? Because if a company or a stock price doesn't fluctuate, then if it doesn't fluctuate down, you don't have opportunities opportunities to buy. If it doesn't fluctuate up, you do not have the high returns, right? So I love volatility and I think it serves us as investors, right? I use it to serve me rather than uh, let volatility scare me. Uh, with regards to whether this is a good time, uh, it's really hard to give you a general answer because, yeah. um, you know, you have about 100 of these SaaS companies out there. Some of them could be overvalued right now. Some of them could be undervalued right now. So I think personally for me, uh, CrowdStrike, if you have a 5 to 10 year horizon, I think a price of $100 is pretty good, right? So the earnings is going to come out uh, tomorrow. I think, uh, sorry, not tomorrow, 3rd September, 5 a.m. Singapore time, right? It's going to come out in 2nd September, uh, US post-market, 5 p.m., mm-hmm. right? So I think uh, listeners, if you are keen, uh, you can actually uh, watch out for this company because I feel that this is one of the more relatable companies, right? Antivirus, right? Nothing complicated about it, right? They're doing antivirus and, uh, you know, you have more people who are actually working from home, right? In fact, Microsoft released that, you know, they sold, uh, their sales in the Surface laptops increased by about 28 to 30%, same as iPads as well, all right? So you have more of this, uh, you know, CEOs are actually uh, uh, embracing the trend of working from home, right? It, it, in the past, working from home is seen as lazy, unproductive, but, you know, we all seen that this is not true, mm. right? So with this increased trend in uh, work from home, right, I think that uh, CrowdStrike is definitely going to enjoy this, uh, what, what I call a growing trend, right? And mm. uh, in the need or uh, in, in the increase in demand for uh, cybersecurity, especially for personal devices for employees. 
Well, thanks for walking us through these great case studies. Um, other SaaS companies out there include HubSpot, Google, Adobe, of course, Slack, MailChimp, Shopify. So there's a lot to go through, but thanks for sharing your lens of, you know, how you pass for value and growth in this particular sector, SAAS. You've been listening to Jonathan Ang. He's a growth investor and author of the book. Very good book, by the way. Expand your circle of competence. John, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Right here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.